Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You have Swiss and Kramer on discussing two recent Series A's, around 13 million each. And so the first one, .bit, a decentralized identity platform. This reminds me a lot of Linktree. So you can use their platform to make a landing page for your profile and you can put your wallet addresses on it. You can put your links to social on it. And what I think is different with this is the ability to contain the, the way they pitch it is as a container. It's a data container. It's not a profile. Um, but it, it's pretty much just reminding me of Linktree. Like you just can click on these different buttons on the profile and it, it copies it. But what's interesting is they raised $13 million in their Series A to build this. Um, they didn't really talk valuation in the profile, but there are a ton of users on this thing. So they have users across 180 countries, and they want to now penetrate Africa and South America, where you have a large population of unbanked individuals. They cite the reason for that unbanked Dynamic being government documentation requirements to set up accounts, which you don't need to do to <laughs> create a .bit account. And you can just go in, start using different apps on the decentralized world. So this, it, it's a little bit of a competitor to ENS. And we've seen these identifier programs. Um, I know Jackal launched the RNS domain service on Juno, and there's... For a while there, when the ENS airdrop did really well, the Ethereum naming service, there were a lot of copycat type of projects launching on different chains. And so this is really notable to me just because of how many people are using it. So they've already built up over 110,000 accounts with some 38,000 crypto addresses. They are tied in with Polygon, Tron, Binance, Smart Chain, and Ethereum with plans to add a bunch of other blockchains down the road here. So Kramer, what did you think about this? I mean, this is kind of a cool app. I'm, I kind of want to use it, but I think it's on uh wait list right now. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it, it is because I went on there and I was, I was thinking the same thing. I just want to mess around with it and maybe see, you know, how cheap I can grab one. My first question is, or I guess, what the thing that struck out to me initially was that it's for Tencent veterans building this, which is, you know, a pretty big name in the tech industry. And then it's also the first cross platform, right? Because I was going to ask what chain it was on, but that's kind of the main thing they're going for is it's not just Island on Ethereum or, uh, you know, any of the other networks, Polygon or whatever, but it's cross chain, right? Yeah. And so what's interesting at this is that you can have these sub accounts. So you could have, you could build a, a community function and then you, you can allow people to, to kind of link up to, to the protocol. So you can, you can, it's almost like a social network, like where you would on Facebook, maybe you guys would join groups together, you and your friends or something. But with this, you, you kind of have that function here. So people could go to your ID and see that you're tied to these different people, these other individuals through your community. But yeah, yeah they, do, they do a bunch of different blockchains, but I'm not really sure to your point, 
how it runs, like what what blockchain does it actually run on? I'm, I'm thinking it's Ethereum, right? But it's unclear to me. Oh yeah, and it's probably EVM compatible. The second thing is that it was cool that you thought also was cool, which is good to see is the data container. So that's not like a master wallet. It just shows the balances, right? Like you can't trade out of that without your private keys, I would assume. Again, right. this, these are all questions we might not know the answers to right now, but I'm just kind of thinking. I yeah, don't know, so picture. that's what's that's what's kind of cool is they it, it almost seems like you can use it to interact with different apps the same way you would use a wallet to do that in some of these primitive apps that we play with. Right. So if you want. Think about like when you could sign in with Google or sign in with Facebook on different websites and you wouldn't have to make like a username. I mean, that's kind of what this reminds me of. I think that they're trying to get at here um, because it says this this text, you can store any data, any type of data in your .bit and apps can read them before providing service for you. So it, it's like a way that I think you can permission certain apps to, to interact with you. But at the same time, I'm also wondering if this is just buzzword jargon stuff because it at the core is not anything that crazy different right you're just making a profile with different fields on it yeah it's a big play for where they think we're going i think because like what you just said my mind kind of went to okay so like say in five years maybe having one of these dot bit addresses is kind of like having tsa pre-check when you're in the airport and you just show it and walk right through. Whereas if you don't have Bit to be able to go on a crypto exchange or use a service, you have to fill out all this information, KYC shit, so on and so forth. But you know, maybe Bit is aiming to provide that documentation either on like a DID basis where you know it's private to private or whatever, whatever they're looking to do. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. I like I like where their heads at. Yeah, and I'll just elaborate a little bit. I mean, if you pull up their overview page, that when they talk about this data container, I mean, they, they give these examples of you could store your PGP public key in the account. Um, you could store a magnet URL if you're torrenting a, a, some kind of file with people, um, smart contract address, different hashes of different things. So I, I guess it's more, they're trying to have it more composable than a link tree which would be the centralized alternative. And they also call out Linktree a little bit about it, it being centralized in this thing. But yeah, so I, I'm really keen to, to get on the wait list and try this out, but um, we'll, be, we'll be watching it. So I know you had another one. It's funny that we both have $13 million deals today. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, they were right on point. So mine is uh, Unstoppable Finance and they secured a $12.8 million Series A. That was led by Lightspeed Venture Partners to launch a non-custodial crypto wallet. Um, other investors included Rockaway Blockchain Fund, Backed VC, Discovery Ventures, and probably four or five more. So Unstoppable Finance was founded by Solaris Bank founder Peter Groskopf and former CEO of the digital assets arm of the second largest bank in Germany. Um, so Unstoppable's wallet, which they're going to call Ultimate, aims to kind of draw in users with its slick interface and UI, which is UI, which is growing more common across fintech apps. 
They think the more user-friendly experience will draw in a large percentage of users compared to MetaMask and Phantom. So it's not only going to be a wallet. They plan on having yield-earning protocols implemented into the wallet and also want to further integrate decentralized exchanges for users to swap tokens directly within the wallet. So basically the quote from the article is, what we do is integrate DeFi protocols deeply into the mobile front-end experience, which no other wallet does. Um, the company currently has 300,000 pre-registers for the wallet and is initially launching on the Solana blockchain. They're moving to implement EVM compatibility later this year with an Android version following soon after that. So, I mean, definitely interesting. There are obviously a lot of red flags with integrating services into a wallet that hackers could maybe get into an exchange or a DeFi exchange and then get your wallet's information from that. But on the surface, this is something that no other wallet is doing that I know of. So, um, you know, maybe it'll play out. Swiss, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is certainly notable that they have over 300,000 people on their wait list. Yeah, it's no small change. Um, right. But they do... What I'm thinking is they'll probably try to integrate these swaps, some kind of swap functionality like you're talking about, just by integrating into DeFi. And then they can take some kind of percentage on transactions. Um, MetaMask has 30 million users, and they have a swap feature in there. You can you can deposit from your bank account and do different things. And there's a, there's a fee to do that. So if you get all these users who, uh, I mean, it, it's a good it's an attractive opportunity clearly because at first i was just like oh wow like another wallet i mean you know we have so many of them but they make good points i mean hey if you can if you can crush the user experience and they have they have a couple of notable developers as you mentioned that i mean there's a plausible way that they can do that um then there's a huge opportunity to monetize to monetize users here and with lightspeed backing it um, I feel like, you know, you have some, you have some investors here who, who know product and we'll see if it works out. Right. I mean, there's already so many wallets. It's a sat it's a bit saturated. This market. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, uh, I mean, I feel like this has been a common theme on the pod the last three or four weeks, but yeah, the wallet raises are just nonstop and the competition is heating up and up. But the thing is, is you know, all of these are raising five to 15 mil in their seeds and series A's. So the money's not going away. And there's obviously a lot of competition in the space, which should provide, you know, a number of good options here in a couple of years. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I know I was thinking more that they would have, I guess, I don't know what I was thinking they would have UI wise. I was trying to see like screenshots and if they had any, um, you know, data on that, but I couldn't find any, but yeah, my mind kind of went to like, you know, you have your crypto wallet on your phone, say a mobile wallet, and you're able to like click into like an Osmo thing. And then you just have the Osmo swap page. You know what I mean? Or like secret exactly. swapping of the secret swap page, but um, yeah. That'd yeah. Be... And there are some, there are some wallets that have that kind of thing going on already, but I think because you, there's usually a fee to do that. So I don't think many people are opting for that, but um, right. 
could be wrong. But I mean, yeah, th there's there's good notable comment here on valuations in this one I saw. And so they just know how the deal closed in July. Comes at a time when valuations are are really tanking across the space. And even though they didn't disclose the valuation for this, they said it's a significant step up from the, the seed round of last October. So this tells me two things. One, they've gotten good traction or some kind of good interest or good development progress from seed to now. And two, well, really what that tells me is that there's probably a lot of, I mean, it's, it's the users that are interested in it, I think. And then two, the valuation is, I mean, if you, if it's 12.8 million in new money and you assume they sold maybe 30% of the company, the implied valuation is around 42, $43 million. And that's a lot lower. I mean, the, I think that these valuations as they've come down, these VCs are seeing an opportunity to monetize this, this wallet market, right? Because if you can, if you can pour some rocket fuel, some gas on, on, a on a, you know, pile of developers and who are really good, um, couple that with people who know product and know how to invest in good products. Like, yeah, this, this could really be a huge opportunity. Yeah. We, we've all been using MetaMask and Kepler, um, and the innovations from them it's, is lacking, I, I think. So we'll see. I would, yeah, I would agree. And it's noteworthy to add. So that seed round that was last October was 5.2 million. So, I mean, in the matter of what is that? Eight months, they doubled, almost tripled that raise money. So it's not, yeah. you know, they're moving in the right direction. Like you said, you know, as the valuations are coming down to, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80 mil, instead of multiple hundred million, it's, uh, you know, the eyes are getting the same size as the stomach again, and they're starting to find better deals uh, to get in on. So, yeah, the wallet space is heating up and, you know, it'll be cool to see who comes out victorious. I'm sure there will be, you know, a couple of them, but the first company that does it right across multiple chains and platforms, it's going to going to be a beehive. Yeah, and it's only a matter of time. Exactly. Well, this has been a great combo with you. I will probably see you soon on another episode. I know we have a planned episode on Friday, so we will see you all then. Thanks again. Yes, sir. See ya.